Do you ever just stare at the stack of books beside your bed and wonder, dang, I got a lot to read and not a lot of time to do it. And that stack just keeps growing and growing and growing. And you read a chapter here or there, but you never really have the time. And especially in this, unfortunately, in this modern day and age, all too often you you, you say to yourself, I'm going to read something at, at night. And then you find yourself scrolling YouTube or Instagram. So anyways, I was going through my stack of books and looking at each one of them. And making a decision as to, you know, which one I'm actually going to read, quote-unquote. Uh, which one I'm going to pick my way through. And it occurred to me that it didn't matter much. Like every once in a while I feel, you know, the a call to read a certain book. Uh, but this evening I... Just realized I'm in a place where it doesn't matter much. Just encounter something beautiful or good or true or inspiring, heroic. You know, there's such a lack of it in our culture and in the the art of our culture the life of our culture, if you want to call it life. There's so little of any of it within our culture that just any encounter is exponential in the soul's ability to come one little step closer to the true waters of life, which are Christ. I've always had this analogy that I that I love, and I probably use it way too often, but it's of the two cities, the one by the river and the one in the desert. Um, and the one by the river where all the trees are blossoming and the fruit trees are producing great fruits. Well, there's no... Nobody there, or very few, that live down by the river. And there are a great deal, many of people that live in the desert city. Scrimping and scraping and starving and getting dust in return for their efforts planting themselves in a desolate wasteland where there is no life. And I think it is a distinct call. It's a call, I think, in every age. It's a call to every soul that God makes. But I think in a new and or a, a, you know ever ancient, ever new way, there's a renewed call to return ourselves first, return ourselves to the waters of life, and then call others 
to those same waters. I've been thinking a lot about this because Lent has just ended and we are now in the glorious season of Easter. The season where we celebrate Christ conquering sin and death. What an astounding thing to conquer sin and death. We all, I especially, know sin and death intimately. It is more part of my life than I wish it were. And so to have say that, to say that someone came and conquered sin and death is astounding. I remember a priest once said to me, now but not yet, or that the promises of Christ are a lot of now but not, but, but not yet, or, or now but just wait, right? Like, there's a, um, you know, like the, he's begun the work in us, but he will complete it at some point, right? And Lent and Easter are a reminder of this up and down, this this interplay, if you will, of the two. This this now, but not yet, because we but we kind of flip it in some sense. We experience the not yet before we experience the now um, in, in our faith. Lent can just be such an up and down season. I, I, I know for myself personally, you know, this Lent was again, it's a strange, I don't know if it was good or if it was bad. I, you know, I, I'm trying not to beat myself up for all the many failures that I had, but I, I do have to say by the end of it, I, um, I knew sin and death. And I knew that sin brought death into my life. And sometimes, you know, I have, I have, uh, well, I have a lot of injuries um, and a lot of scars and whatnot uh, from various things. But, you know, and for years that was, uh, I don't know, it's something that I've, I've dealt with in different ways over the years, but I've been looking at a lot of my scars and realizing that, you know, I, I don't actually want this. Like I don't, I didn't want, you know, to tear my knee. I didn't want to break my wrists or, you know, break my ankle. Um, you know, I didn't want to fall. I didn't want to, you know, bust my knee again or, you know, have whatever ailments that have come my way. And it's precisely from those things that our Lord sets us free, but through them, not from them in some strange, mysterious way. It's like, And yet also from them. 
See, that's that great promise. I mean, we hold to it. You know, if it were not so, if, if the promise were just now you're going to live uh, another good life, but, uh, you know, but you're still going to, you know, if you fall here, you know, you're still going to fall and you're still going to break stuff and all those kind of things. Well, it's not, you know, you're still going to have health problems or, you know, I was born without a pectoral muscle. So, um, you know, you're, you're going to, you're going to still not have that pectoral muscle. Maybe, maybe I won't. Um, but it, it, it isn't, it feels less full. And yet I think sometimes we almost don't want to dare to dream about how great the promises will actually be I would do anything I wouldn't do anything I I would love to be physically together (laughs) put together to be able to um, you know be the athlete that I had dreamed of being and I'd grown up you know grown up beginning to be Even now, I would, you know, I'd even love to just play with my son without, uh, without pain. And yet this life, well, it brings, and it has death. And death came into the world through sin. You know, I think sometimes we, we can also be hard on ourselves. And I, I, I don't, I didn't really think this was going to go a theological direction. I, I honestly thought this was going to go more of an art, artistic direction. But let's run with this. You know, so, so often we can be critical of ourselves and... There's something there, right? I think often we can, you know, look, we can we can look at a lot of our the death that is in our life, whether it is physical, spiritual, mental, emotional death in our lives, relational death. And we can also um, and we can also experience our sin and we can tie those two things together. And I, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that there isn't nothing there, but I don't think that it's a cause for self deprecation. I think it's a cause for humility to acknowledge how, sinful and broken and how often our wills stray from from the lords but but also just how badly that hurts us how badly that breaks us when we have intimacy with god there is nothing there's nothing that can compare to that. 
when God intimately comes into our souls, when he makes himself known, when he speaks words of love and encouragement to us, when he calms us after moments of pain or anxiety or stress, when he enters into those places with us, when he forgives us of our sin again and again and again, there is an incredible life and intimacy that exists in those places. I don't even remember where I was going to go with that. Now I can all, all I can think of is, is that. Um, he's so good. He's so good. I just wish I loved him more and that my will was more conformed to his own. I don't, I never want to leave those places when I'm in them, sort of like the apostles on the, the, the mountain of transfiguration. I also just don't want to leave his company when I'm with him. And is not sin just precisely that? In small ways and and sometimes big ways. It's just rejecting not re- yes rejecting. Uh, a better way, maybe a, a better way of getting at it is is almost like turning a back on a turning your back on a friend, or dismissing the advice of a friend. And we've all been hurt by people before. We've been hurt by friends. We've had friends that have hurt us, or we've had former friends that have hurt us, or we've had you know family members that have hurt us. And so often our, our, our response is, of course, the, the opposite of Christ's. You know, our response is to distance ourselves a bit, right? Out of prudence and caution, and, and, and again, and at times rightly so. But sometimes to, to harden our hearts towards that person. Maybe I'll say it that way, to harden our hearts towards that person. See, because sometimes there's distance and there's prudence there and there's prudential distance. But a hardness of heart is never warranted. We can still be kind and merciful and yet distance or put a certain prudent distance between ourselves and another. And yet Christ is something extraordinarily different when we sin. He just kind of comes after us more. And then in some unbelievably mysterious way, he takes our sin and he wraps it into his plan of salvation, 
and he wraps it into our own perfection. Perfecting, I should say. He uses it to somehow perfect us. That's marvelous and wondrous and, and, and mysterious. You know, when Christ conquered sin and death, he and sent his, the Holy Spirit to be among us, the spirit of life. Life has so many fears. And troubles, anxieties. It's a strange thing to podcast. You, you're speaking to people you don't know. You aren't seeing. That aren't around. Whom don't, who don't know you. And inevitably you kind of think about what do they want to hear? That's why podcasts are easier when somebody else is there. You just start to have a conversation and soon and sooner than, you know, sooner rather than later, you just kind of forget that you're even doing a podcast and you just are having a great conversation with a friend. Um, but I'm doing this one alone and it's different. Um, I kind of just wanted to do this because this is what I set out to do. I said I was going to record a podcast every Wednesday. And then I didn't. And now I'm back at it. And also I just kind of wanted to process some of my thoughts. Almost like a podcast journal episode. There's just been so much that's gone on. Like Lent was a crazy time. You know, I, I fell back into addiction. But shorter than I've ever struggled before. But nonetheless, I, I fell back into an addiction that has brought unbelievable amounts of sin and death into my life. And again, the Lord freed me. Again, he came to me. You know, every time, right, 
that you sin, the devil kind of says like this time's going to be the the one that God doesn't come for you. You know, like you've done this so many times. Like you've failed so many times. Like come on. I mean, I've given you everything. I've given you everything. I've even given you my son. I've given you my spirit of life that has no sin in it, that is only goodness in life itself. That is what I have given to you. I've gifted to you. And again, you throw it away? Not this time. I'm sorry. This time's it. This time... Well, it is only right and just that you stay where you are in the darkness, in the blindness, in the misery, in the wretchedness, and the anxiety. But it's not what he says. That's the lie that we hear the devil tell us every single time we fall back into sin. It, it, especially sins of addiction. And today, in today's day and age, it's rampant, whether it's phone, pornography, drugs, sex, money. I mean, you know, I guess it's all the typical addictions, right? I just throw electronics and technology on top of, you know, the good old traditional ones, right? But God's answer to us is so different. You know, when he first, when the Blessed Mother first, well, when Christ and his mom first freed me from my addiction, I was never going to go back. Ever, 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 ever. I was never going to touch it. I was never going to think about it but I did and up I got again and down and up and down and then a long period of time nothing and I was I, you know I kicked my addiction and, and I did I, I, I have lived free from my addiction for years And yet, I've also fallen back into patterns of behavior, destructive patterns of behavior, sometimes for shorter periods of time, sometimes for longer periods of time. And every time, I've experienced something strange, which is that God spends most of that time trying to get me to stop believing the lie that this time was it. Like this time, I'm sorry, but but it's, but you just, like you're just a failure. Like it's as simple as that, like you're just a failure.
And why would he do that? Other than just this immensity of love and also belief or it's more than belief for him. I, I don't I don't want to say belief. <laughs> I don't want to say God believed. But no, he does. He believes in the one whom he has created. He believes in the one whom he has created. That this one has a purpose. And this one will be wrapped up into my plan of salvation. And all we need, and, and people say it all the time, all we need to give him is the smallest little crack and, and God will come rushing in, right? But I think this time, so I, 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 this is a strange time period of life for me right now. I went back to school for uh, kind of like professional, uh, like a professional tech boot camp. Um, Long story. There's a there's a reason why, but long story. Um, anyways, biggest reason coming down to I need to support my family. I need to take care of my wife and my children. Um, and it brought up for me a lot of things. I've never I've never graduated anything. Okay, I've, I've legitimately never graduated anything. This is the first thing I've ever graduated from <laughs> in, my, in my life. I just, you know, I didn't even graduate from being homeschooled. I got kicked out of being homeschooled. Um, <laughs> um, so, you know, there's been a lot of failures along the way. Truthfully, there have. Um, or what... No, there, there have been many failures along the way. And, and something I wrote down is how, how can you be confident in a skill or a talent or, a, or life or something that you set out to do when the thing that you set out to do or the, the skill that you might have is something that you have failed at over and over and over again and you continue to fail at? And you probably will continue to fail at. How can you not just be a failure? Fall into believing that you just are a failure. And let me ask, I don't honestly have the full answer to that question. I'm not completely sure what the whole answer to that question is. Because there is something interesting there like i loved sports i grew up playing sports my whole life i i I just i loved them and um i was good at them i was i i I just was i've been naturally athletic and um you know god blessed me with some natural athleticism and um but in high school i ended up you know blowing out my knee and breaking my ankle and whole lots of other things and you know and especially with my busted knee i just kind of was i was in so much pain i just kind of gave up uh you know, competitive sports at that point. I just sort of, I gave up. I I couldn't figure out how to rehab my knee, um, which I have figured out how to do now, by the way, uh, go to knees over toes, go figure out how to rehab your knee. If you have knee pain and the rest of your body, the guy's awesome. Um, but the, um, when I gave up competitive sports, 
it was a it was sort of a big moment of feeling as though I really failed. And I was watching, I was watching, you know, then there was, I mean, there was a lot of addiction that entered my life and, um, and with addiction just comes just a lot of failure. I'll be honest, there comes, there's just a lot that comes with failure or with addiction. I, you know, I was, you know, I, I never, I never really, I mean, I finished high school, but I never really, I think in my heart of hearts really got over that finish line, um, you know, I never walked in graduation. I ended up just, you know, kind of dropping out and going and finishing online. Um, and then, you know, I got kicked out of the, the school of my dreams. And, um, you know, I, 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 in my, in the first high school I had gone to, I, I really look back and, and, you know, we'll leave that for another day. Um, much good and, and, and much pain was, was there. Um, but I've been, I was watching a video the other day and I was just, it was just of a, uh, a top quarterback recruit, high school quarterback football recruit. And, you know, I was watching him do that. I'm like, man. I, I could have done that. I could have, you know, given the right circumstances and all the things. Like, I could have done that. And so it kind of naturally brought up for me, like, man, like, how do you deal with failure? Like, how do, how do, how do you deal with failure? And, and especially as I'm kind of coming off of this tech boot camp and looking for a job and, and trying to be confident, hey, I actually have some legitimate skills here. I, you know, I have, you know, I have more than just this tech boot camp in a background of skills and I was really fortunate to be able to grow in a, a um, I have a first boss who really gave me the ability to learn uh, just in a ton and I didn't realize how much I learned and how many skills I picked up along the way and until kind of recently um, but I don't know how to you know I don't know how to value those things and, and, and I just want to take care of my family and I've had so much trouble taking care of my family and, and providing for them um, and, and, and still you know trying to put a roof over their heads and um, and give my wife a, a home that she can that she can well make a home and you know, so all these things are kind of welling up in me and I I don't hundred percent know the answer to it. But I know it's in the cross. But how do you right, I think sometimes we, we think that we must and we must love the cross to the point where we don't go on to the resurrection. That's a dangerous thing. You know, this Easter just reminded me of, you know, with Lent and, and falling back in with a lot of, you know, I, I, you know, I fell back into, look, the addiction is just smoking a lot of weed. I, I for whatever, weed's my, the thing, you know, I couldn't drink. I don't really care about alcohol for whatever reason. Weeds the thing um, for me in this life, um, and I cannot 
I cannot touch it. And, um, you know, falling back into, you know, and I mean, legitimately, if I smoke weed, I'll be high every day, all day, uh, until I stop. Um, so, you know, I fell back into this during Lent. And then God pulls me out literally on Good Friday, which is really beautiful, but um, I haven't really been able to reflect on that a whole lot yet. But, um, you know, so all this happens, and, and, and yet this time around, you know, with with, with Easter, it, I sat there and I realized, like, I just want the resurrection. You know, for so long I've been trying so hard to, like, love and accept the cross and, and to also sort of, like, like, let, let myself be crucified, right? Um, that I forgot to go on to the resurrection. Yes, life is going to bring its crosses. There's not a single one of us that's getting out of here without plenty of crosses. And probably ones that you just and, and I don't expect. I'll be honest, you know, if you'd asked me as a 10-year-old, a bright, young-eyed 10-year-old, tons of dreams and desires, and, you know, I, I, I kind of hit adolescence, I suppose, earlier. Um, puberty earlier than a lot, but like, <laughs> but like, you know, like I was, um, it was full of desires and, and dreams and hopes, big ones. You know, if you'd asked me, what crosses do you think that you will bear in this life? I'd have been like, I'm going to be a martyr, dude. I'm, 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 I am going to go off to a, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm going to go find somebody and I'm going to start telling about Christ. I'm going to find somebody that's going to cut off my head. <laughs> you know, <laughs> asking me my cross, right? I'm going to bear, I'm going to bear this cross, you know, I'm going to bear this cross well, but you know, those are not the crosses I've borne. I've borne the crosses of sin and death, but are not those the crosses that we do bear. Is not sin the greatest cross? Yeah, I think sometimes we want to beat ourselves up for our sin and, 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 we need to confess our sin, but we need to be gentle as well. Like, is not sin the greatest cross that we bear? Like, if, if, if you stop and think, do, do I want to sin? Do I like being separated from our Lord? The answer is always absolutely not. I've, I, I hate sin. I hate it. I hate that it's in my life. And yet, do I sin? Yes, yes, yes. And it hurts. It hurts immensely. But it's not that what Christ came to set us free from. Is that not precisely the point of this 
Lent and Easter season. That he conquered sin and death. So my wife was saying to me today that something about some news about Jordan Peterson and the Latin Mass. I, I'm not really sure. I haven't looked it up. Um, you know, I was super down about all of his views on psychedelics, and I'm still a little bit. Well, that's another again another discussion. I know, I know, I I have a, a lot of things I do want to talk about in terms of all of that and sort of the 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 reemergence of a lot of just pagan thoughts and practices and 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 ways um and especially the the pagan spiritual practices and sort of enlightenment if you will of the pagans that is sort of coming back or making you know is becoming you know is is in vogue right now and you know, and especially you know, the scientific community is all you know, oh wow, this can cure a lot of things and there's a great danger in there and it just makes me sad uh, that that Jordan Peterson has even in some small way been seduced by that and I know, you know, that he's made you know, the comments they made on Rogan's about you know, I think that, you know, all religious experience come from psychedelics and I don't know. Again. There's probably more of a discussion to get into there and, you know, I'd love to I'd love to talk to him about that kind of thing. I, I'd be so curious to hear his thoughts on it and just, just kind of discuss that with him because I I think there's a lot of things that he's said on that that are just dead wrong and there's some that he's, um, you know, said that, you know, are, I think are plausible, of course, and I think there's whatever. Okay, the point is, all that is completely besides the point. Um, the point that I was going to uh, uh, get to is, uh, you know, say this to me, but one of the things that I've, uh, you know, I listened to recently that is an old interview of Peterson's and, um, it was right before he, he hit that really tough period of, of time in his life where he, he kind of, you know, went away for, for a period of, you know, a period of time, um, with all the health issues, but he, uh, he was being interviewed by Piers Morgan and Piers Morgan asked him if he was a force for good. And he said, in the big things, yes, in all the small things, no, but we stumble uphill. And I think that's the attitude we have to take in our in our lives. Um, the stumbling uphill. Because contrast that with the thought of the world. Or the, yeah, the thought of the world. Which is that you can do a thousand good things. But that one bad thing, it ruins it all. It's all gone. It's all trash now. It's all thrown on the trash heap. But it's not the way that God looks at it. It's not the way that he sees us. Like we stumble uphill. We, or we, or we slide downhill, right? We're either stumbling uphill or we're sliding downhill. It's, it's our choice, right? Um, but, but there's comfort in that, right? There, there's a certain peace in in stumbling uphill where will we get to again eye has not seen ear has not heard but man when we get over that mountain or man when we when we when we enter that place between the sunset and the mountains right that glorious beautiful place 
we get there someday. It'll, it'll all be worth that stumbling. And, and we'll find that our, our legs and our, our, our hearts and our, our strong, our muscles have been built by all the falling and the getting up again. It's just a, just utter mysteriousness and beauty to the way that God operates and the way he sort of guides the stream of our lives. So, since it's 12.16 at night, I gotta go to bed. But, before I do, I am going to read poem because poetry is the best I've read this before it's up on the website on bonfire but right now I can't really click on anything because I gotta go figure out all the website stuff somehow. I don't know what the heck happened with the back end, but I gotta go fix the back end because um, something went weird and you can't click on the pictures no more. Um, so I'm supposed to go to you know link to the actual artwork. So I don't know what's going on. So it might be harder to get to the poems right now, but um, I'll fix that. But in the meantime. Let me read this poem. Um, Man, I don't know which one to read. You know, I'm going to read this one. I don't think I've perfected this one yet. This one's actually not up on the site. um, Because I haven't perfected it. And... I don't know. I just want it to be better before I put it up there, but I'll I'll read it as is. Uh, So I, I titled this one, A Day in the Soul. The morning has passed me by. Morning, with its peaceful rise. Hope written in its skies. Expectation that draws nigh. Life rises from where it lies. Meeting with those yearning sighs, the day from which it will ply purpose in adventurous highs. The daylight has come and gone, daylight with its battle songs that sit in the throat of throngs who remember hopeful dawn, daylight in which mankind prongs at earth for that which he longs protects the good with his brawn and fights for right over wrongs. Evening has faded away, if only it would have stayed, with its golden hour shade that sings the eternal day. 
evening, with its sunset laid, open hearts of every maid, and with each and every ray, home to men's hearts, evening bade. Night is spent, and I am cold. It seems to have from me stole, hope of dawn and left a hole. Night has taxed the daylight's bold, seeks to crush the evening's soul. Yet, with every beckoning toll, the bells of night have tolled of he who rose in full. He draw nears to bring me home, for that which in dawn was sown will in him be fully grown. I hope if you listen to this, you have a beautiful day, a beautiful evening. Um, if you have any interest in art, go check out bonfiremedia.art. You'll find a lot of great art, ways to kind of take steps and encounter beautiful things, take little steps back uh, towards the river or, or publish the art of your own. You know, art ought to be shared and, and um, I don't just want this to be an online thing. You know, I uh, eventually, you know, there's, well, there's a big, big old vision. Um, but there's, um, um, I think, I think it's time to share really anything that is good and true and beautiful because we need beauty desperately and we need simple beauty, hobbit beauty and hobbit lives. So if you're interested and if you want to join us in our efforts are uh, go to the website and figure it out. Um, it should be pretty easy. Um, I've tried to make it as easy as possible. Uh, still a lot of work to do, but to make it easier and a little, little, little simpler and uh, to help people kind of connect with one another. But um, yeah, go over there and uh, check out what's there. Um, yeah, have a beautiful night. God bless. Oh. Christ is risen. Alleluia.